Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Today, let me begin with a question. Have you dealt with your past? I read a report recently of a study of unbelievers in the Atlantic magazine. It was entitled, Listening to Young Atheists. When members of secular student alliances were asked, why don't you believe in God? Initially, they started with the rational reasons, intellectual suppositions. But the authors noted something. Eventually, the rational reasons fell away, and a deeply emotional transition occurred. And usually, there was a loss, a sorrow, a hurt in that past. Some way, the person believed God had failed them. God had let them down. He wasn't there when they needed him. And rather than believe in a God who disappoints, it was easier to opt out of believing in God whatsoever. One student said her mother attempted suicide. The state stepped in and took the children into foster care. When the daughter prayed that God would reunite the family, he didn't seem to answer, so she figured he wasn't real. Unresolved hurts, unrecognized losses, each must be faced each must be grieved. Only then do we realize God was there all the time. So the question we ask, have you dealt with your past? Hello, I'm Ken Gurley, and here on this Daily Devotion, we're looking at overcoming issues this week and finding true freedom. We were taught, take it to Calvary and leave it there. When you've hurt someone, when you've failed someone, when you've committed a transgression, when you have trespassed where you didn't belong, take those sins to Calvary and leave them there. It's still great advice. But sin is not just what we do. Sin is what is done to us. What do you do when others have hurt you? Oh, you can make sure that no resentment gets in your heart and spirit, and that's very important. You can do your best to pray for those who hurt you. But what happens to the loss? How do you process the pain when you feel cheated, rejected, unloved, humiliated, ridiculed? What do you do with that sense of abandonment, a feeling of being misunderstood, slighted, slandered, wrong, all of these, and many more losses and hurts, losses that we experienced in our past that we've not yet processed. Have you dealt with your past? You may say, Pastor, I've tried. I thought I had. Until someone said the wrong thing, looked at me the wrong way, and I realized the hurt is still there, as fresh and as real seemingly as when it happened yesterday. I, I began this week with an affirmation in my spirit, in my heart. David's declaration in Psalm 56, this I know God is for me. God is with us and for us. That is an abiding principle in God's interactions with humanity. But let's hit the root of bitterness. Let's go right to the source of much of our disappointment with God, dare we say that, when God didn't seem to be there to help us when he didn't seem to show up to fight for us, that he didn't heal, that he wasn't there. 
What can we say or do in such times? How do we process that? Can I give you the modern word for it? The word we use to explain a biblical concept, it's simply called grief. Henry Cloud once said, grief is God's cure for what isn't right. When we experience loss and pain and hurt, many times the only cure is grief. Grief is simply facing up to the loss. Someone passed, someone left us, someone hurt us, and we grieve. And in our sorrow, in our hurt, in that pain that we recognize, God shows up. Two questions. Two questions for you here on Daily Devotion. First, what am I feeling? We know that when a loved one passes, we experience deep sorrow. We get that. Grief is the price for having loved. Is this the same emotion and process we follow in other areas of hurt? To an extent, yes, it is. Author Edgar Jackson poignantly describes grief. Grief is silent, knife-like terror and sadness that comes a hundred times a day when you start to speak to someone who is no longer there. Grief is the emptiness that comes when you eat alone after eating with another for many years. Grief is the helpless wishing that things were different when you know that they are not and never will be again. That's grief. That's recognizing that things will never quite be the same. Yet, is this the same emotion that we have for things that just don't work out? Is this the same emotion we have when people let us down and wrong us? And to a certain extent, yes, it is. And for those experiencing this now, I'll not give you platitudes. I will not try to soften the sorrow that you feel. Grief is not something you get over. Grief is something you get through. But you need to pass through it. The death of a loved one in some way is like the death of a dream. The death of a season in life, emptiness syndrome, a career transition, death of a relationship, death of a plan, failure, not gaining the love or approval of someone significant. It's a sort of grief, not being the person you wish you were, not getting what you had hoped for. What you looked for did not happen. You experienced a loss of health, a financial reversal, death of something you wanted, needed, dreamed, or desired. Second question, what do we do about it? And that answer is easy and hard. It's easy to say, but it's hard to endure. There's only one way. We grieve. This is where the biblical words come in. Sorrow, broken heart, contrite spirit. Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is nigh unto them of a broken heart, saves those of a contrite spirit. The 147th Psalm, he heals the broken heart. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Matthew 5, 4, blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Or what about Matthew 11, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Grief is not running from the loss. It's embracing that loss and carrying it to the Lord. You may remember the story of Max and the 
children's classic, Where the Wild Things Are. He's this imaginative child who feels neglected by his mother and sister, so he escapes into a fantasy world where wild monsters live. He convinces the imaginary creatures to make him king. He promises them permanent peace and happiness. He claims to have a sadness shield that can keep away all suffering. A sadness shield. That's a poor, fictitious substitute for what God can give you and me when we go through a time of loss. We go through our lives with this sadness shield. It it will repel anything and anyone who can bring us down. We can ignore things that are wrong. We can run from our past. Holding on to our sadness shield, we can even hide from our future. We lift our sadness shield and say, world, you can't hurt me anymore. Family, you're not going to get to me. Nemesis, friend, former friend, enemy, you'll never touch me again. I've got a sadness shield that is impenetrable. But remember, when we carry that shield around, we push away our solution. The only God who is near to the brokenhearted. And until we experience grief, we can't experience the cure. We can't find the answer for those who wronged us. We'll never be made whole again unless God gets involved. If we've not dealt with our past, we are broken and we must make a pivot, a 180 degree turn. Can I talk to you about Leah? You remember her. She and her sister Rachel were the matriarchs of Israel. Jacob met Rachel, fell in love. Laban said, okay. And then he got Jacob drunk, substituted Leah on the wedding night. Talk about struggling with forgiveness there. The Bible focuses on the wrong done to Jacob. But have you ever put yourself in Leah's shoes, the hurt, the humiliation? The Bible says that God saw Leah was unloved. And so he gave her children, Reuben, God sees my hurt, Simeon, God knows I'm unloved, Levi, maybe my husband will love me now. Does that sound to you like unresolved hurts and losses? It certainly does to me. But what Leah was doing was exactly the right thing to do. She didn't run from her feelings. She recognized the loss, and she turned to God and realized that God was in the restoration and healing business. He could give her back not just what was lost, He could restore her dignity. He could resolve her hurt. He could take the pain of yesterday away. And he could help her make sense of it all. Each day, Leah saw how Jacob looked fondly at Rachel. Each day, she knew she was the unloved one. Each day, she lived with the pain of rejection. But rather than lifting up a shield of sadness, she lifted up her voice and cried out to God, and God saw her, and God recognized her hurt, and God rewarded her. He stood by her. He was there for her. He is near to those of a broken heart. So go ahead and grieve, and God will give you the Reuben and the Simeon and the Levi. It's when all hope seems gone, 
that Leah would bear no more children. We read that she gave birth to a fourth child, and this time she did not say, I've been wronged, I've been hurt, I need the affection of someone down here. That fourth child she named Judah, which means now I will praise the Lord. Do you see it? Leah reveals how to handle your past, how to deal with it. You face up to the loss. You recognize you've been hurt. You grieve. You weep over what could have, should have, and would have been. You shed tears over loss. Then you cry out to God, and you see him show up. And at that point, you begin to praise the Lord. By the way, Jacob may have chosen Rachel in this life, but in death, Jacob said, bury me beside Leah. Life has a way. God has a way. Your tears have a way. Your praise has a way of processing all of the grief, all of the pain that you've experienced. When your pain turns to a praise, you know you have dealt with your past and you're getting through with it. And you're seeing that God has a way of working every hurtful thing for good and transforming it into something that is beautiful in your life. And so my question today, and I think we should each answer this, have you dealt with your past? I pray that you have, and I pray that you've turned to the Lord with all of your heart. God bless you. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. May God's favor rest on you in every way. Until we meet again.